Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. We have to speak as one voice. We will only be successful if we work together or we'll lose individually. This is very fragile that we are the only stopgap for this Biden administration. And if we don't do this right, the Democrats can take the majority. If we play games on the floor, the Democrats can end up picking who the speaker is. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, warning Republicans in the House of Representatives that if they don't vote for him, they can make Nancy Pelosi speaker again. They might lose the whole thing. It would all be for naught. It would be moot. I think, honestly, that the Republican members of the House will eventually fall into line and vote for the sometimes articulate Kevin McCarthy, who often needs a translator. You know, sometimes they have, like, uh, sign language interpreters for things like that. You don't need a sign language interpreter. You need a, an actual semantic interpreter for Kevin McCarthy a great deal of the time. Not the most well-spoken speaker that we've ever seen in the United States, but uh, he's uh, sending up a flare there, and it will sort itself out, and there will be, you know, this and that, and concessions and horse trading and yada, yada, and he'll become the Speaker of the House. Now, with, uh, with that said, let me get back because I, I shared with you this, a, um, an editorial, the editorial page, whereas you might expect uh, the Washington Post today, free speech on trial, photograph of a Chinese man, a uh, media tycoon in Hong Kong, Jimmy Lai. He's in jail and he's facing trial, and the communists might put him in prison for life, for life, because he ran a newspaper and they don't like that, and he said bad things about them, so they arrested him. And um, freedom of speech is a dangerous job, Hong Kong media mogul Jimmy Lai wrote. You know, I say that all the time. Nothing gets you in trouble like the truth is a kind of a variation on that. Sent in a letter from prison last year. He is the founder of Apple Daily, a scrappy tabloid newspaper, and became a voice for democracy in Hong Kong. Mr. Lai is fighting specious charges by the authorities under the restrictive national security laws imposed by Beijing. His trial is set to begin this week. And the right to freedom of expression and association will be in the dock with him. Well, gosh, you guys are against free speech at Twitter, which you consider to be the all-important social media platform. Am I right about that? Mr. Lai wrote in his handwritten letter from jail that it is a journalist's responsibility to uphold justice. And he said, it is precisely this that we need to love and cherish. See, he appreciates free speech and the importance of free speech. Now he's in prison for it. The era is falling apart before us, and it is time for us to stand tall, right? But at the same time, 
We had, uh, of course, the United Nations today saying that, well, we're going to have to regulate speech because the place is a loony bin run by mostly dictators and, and despots. And also we had, um, um, you know, a Democrat member of Congress, Sheila Jackson Lee, saying that words can break bones. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but, but words will never hurt me. Names will never hurt me. And she says, no, no, words uh, inspire violence, kind of like the uh, Bernie Sanders guy that shot Congressman Steve Scalise or, you know, the Democrat anti-police rhetoric that has led to so many suicide attacks and mass murders of police in the United States of America, for example. But in China, uh, Jimmy Lee uh, may go to prison for life because he's fighting for free speech. In America, the Democrat Party is fighting against free speech. Elon Musk is the villain of the month because he is advocating for free speech on social media and the number one vessel of the Democrat Party, which suppressed the Joe Biden and Hunter Biden stories on the lead up to Election Day, the laptop, which was true. But they spread the misinformation being put out there by penitentiary face John Brennan of the CIA and his 50 um, co-conspirators spreading false information. That spreads like wildfire. But the truth is smothered in the cradle by the American left, which is decidedly anti-free speech. I am decidedly pro-free speech. And uh, where is, with these riots and this insurrection going on in China against the oppressive communist Chinese regime, where is the United States of America in all this? Well, let's go to the spokesman for the President of the United States at the National Security Council and former U.S. Naval officer, uh, left the Navy as a one-star admiral, rear admiral, lower half, and uh, took another government job because he was Kabul Kirby during the, you know, like Baghdad Bob, Kabul Kirby during the disastrous uh, evacuation that Joe Biden staged from Afghanistan. Thirteen Americans massacred there by the troglodytes from hell. And... um, and Kabul Kirby is now apparently Comrade Kirby as well, standing up for the communist Chinese and, and soft-selling the whole thing. It's, oh, listen, you know, the uh, president, um, why isn't the president, the question was asked of Kabul Kirby, why isn't the president speaking up about the violence against the people of China by the communist regime there? Is it, you know, is it just because your family has uh, taken in so much money from crooked business deals with the communist Chinese. Uh, Kabul Kirby, uh, a.k.a. Comrade Kirby. What is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters uh, around the world. They're speaking for themselves. He's not going to speak for protesters around the world. That is a new low in American history from a now-retired naval officer, National Security Council spokesmodel, Comrade Kirby. He's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They'll speak for themselves. They've been disarmed by the state, which Joe Biden and the Democrats are calling for. No more semi-automatic weapons, the vast majority of handguns, No more so-called assault rifles, the vast majority of rifles. And uh, the left is coming for your rights. And and I got to tell you, that is a 
soundbite that should live in infamy because it is precisely the role of the president of the United States to play the role of the leader of the free world and to stand up for those who are being crushed by an oppressive government, in this case, communist China, with their slave labor that Apple loves. So Apple is shutting down access to apps that allow the protesters to communicate and functions that allow the uh, protesters to communicate. And even Stephen Colbert noticed, and he's a pinko commie simp himself, Democrat Party pimp. Just wanted to find something that rhymed. He won't speak. for pro- You know what, Michael? I've got to hear that again because it's so staggering that a, a spokesperson for the President of the United States. And then there's Iran, where according to today's reports, where's my story on that? 488 people, I think, is the count. 488 people. Iranian citizens have been murdered by the brutal regime there. Um, And Joe Biden has nothing to say about that. And the press isn't asking about it at the White House either. Here is Comrade Kirby. What is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. Not going to speak for protesters around the world that are being crushed. We could have 20 Tiananmen squares today, tomorrow. Could be happening now in slow motion. And by the way, they're also chanting, Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. Uh, And that is an American saying, and Joe Biden sees that. You've seen in many of the protests, they have American flags. And Joe Biden, well, the president's not going to speak for the protesters. They'll speak for themselves. They'll be killed for themselves. Isn't that amazing? Mm. But don't you support freedom movements uh, in repressive countries? Does the White House support the, their, their efforts to sort of regain personal freedoms in light of these lockdowns? The White House supports the right of peaceful protest. That is such a BS answer. What a clown. Man, what a clown. I'm embarrassed for you. Um, Peter Ducey at the White House briefing with uh, Comrade Kirby. Why is the White House's line that everybody has the right to peacefully protest and not the U.S. thinks it's bad to lock people up in their houses to stop COVID? We've, we've made it clear, Peter, that uh, uh, a, a, a lockdown is, is not a policy that, that uh, we're, we're going to support here. Obviously, there are people in China that, that have, a, have concerns about that, and they're protesting that, and we believe they should be able to do that peacefully. We believe they should be able to do that peacefully. That is um, just the stuff of third world. What a spineless jellyfish of a person is Cobble Comrade Kirby speaking for Lunch Bucket Joe. Absolutely amazing. He appeared again this morning. That was the White House briefing yesterday on the Fox News Channel. I was surprised he came on and he was kind of uh, trying to be twinkly and smirky and, oh, no, we're, we're fine. Uh, you know, th- this time the U.S. government is with the tank. You know, Tiananmen Square decades ago where the Chinese communists murdered thousands of freedom protesters. This time the, uh, the U.S. 
is driving the tank. I would not say at all that we would agree with criticism that we've been less than firm or consistent. In fact, Brian, we've been very, very consistent about the, the right of peaceful protest, and uh, and we've been very vocal about uh, about it in China just over the last few days. Uh, we believe that these individuals should be able to peacefully protest and assemble and to make their minds known to, the, to their government there in China, just like we've said the same uh, in Iran and around the world. Yeah, what, what a limp, oop, noodle uh, response. You're a disgrace to the uniform that you wore for so long. You're a disgrace to the United States of America. We're on the side of peaceful protest. We're on the side of uh, individuals uh, being able to freely assemble and to express they their can't. views, whatever those views are. We're not taking a side on, in terms of what these We're protesters are about. Aside. Largely, though, Steve, you know Why? that these protesters Why? are really uh, out there about the lockdown. We're not taking a side. We're not taking a side. We're not taking a side. We're not speaking for protesters. The president's not going to speak for protesters uh, around the world. No, the president's not going to speak. Just kill them all. Now, uh, I am, um, I, I'm an American, and I recall a much better president. His name was Ronald Wilson Reagan, and he saved the Western world. And this is the kind of rhetoric we should be getting if we had a real president. There is one sign that the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable, that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, Come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. In front of the Brandenburg Gate in Mr. Berlin. Gorbachev. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Listen to the crowd go wild. Human beings yearn to be free. The Biden administration and today's Democrat Party's message to the oppressed of the world is you want freedom, you're on your own. Not our problem. It's like the preacher in, uh, you know, to Cleavon Little in Blazing Saddles. Son, you're on your own. It is, uh, this administration is a disgrace to our nation, a disgrace to the presidency, an embarrassment to Western civilization. He's not the leader of the free world, and he is the worst president of the United States, certainly in modern times. We're not taking a side. Son, you're on your own. That's a fact, Jack. Give me Ronald Reagan. You know, the holidays are here, aren't they? Achieve gift-giving greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. We've got ours at home right now. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a specially curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com. You use the code PLANT, P-L-A-N-T-E, at checkout, and you get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress the whole family, like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, the air-chilled boneless 
chicken, the ultra-juicy burgers, and comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away. So shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use the promo code PLANT at checkout. Visit omahasteaks.com. Use promo promo code PLANT at checkout, and you're going to save an extra $30 off your order. A minimum order may be required. Yeah, um, when I met uh, Mikhail Gorbachev at uh, Ronald Reagan's funeral at the National Cathedral, I called him um, General Secretary, which is what Ronald Reagan called him in the Tear Down This Wall speech. He preferred President. I preferred his Communist Party title. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. We're on the side of peaceful protest. We're on the side of uh, individuals uh, being able to freely assemble and to express right. their views, whatever those views are. We're not taking a side on, in terms of what these protesters are about. Largely, though, Steve, you know Why? that these protesters are really uh, out there about the lockdown. And since the Democrat Party is the party of lockdown, it creates a bit of a conundrum for them, doesn't it? Comrade Kirby is uh, walking that high wire for the left, for the Democrat Party, for Lunch Bucket Joe. Yeah, we're not taking sides. You know, communist China, people yearning to breathe free. We can't decide which way to go. The president's not going to speak for protesters uh, around the world. Yeah, he's not going to speak for protesters. So kill them, China. You got the green light from the White House. Kill them, Iran. They've killed 488 so far, according to today's news reports, let's uh, let's see. Let's um, let's go to Phil calling from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Philip, you're on the Chris Plant show. Hey, Mr. Plant. Look, I just love how the White House supports the rights of foreigners to protest peacefully. And when it comes to American train workers who are striking because they don't like certain things about their job, suddenly. That's the worst thing in the world. We must attack it. We cannot allow people to protest peacefully in the United States. That has to be stopped. And, I, you know, don't blame the train worker because Joe Biden ran this country into the ground. It's not the train worker. It's Joe Biden. That's a fact, Jack. But, you know, Phil, uh, you work in the rail industry? No, sir, I don't, but I've worked with union people all my life, and uh-huh. every union person I worked with was a hardworking person who cared about their job, cared about their family, and was just trying to make a living. Well, you know, Joe Biden got full credit before Election Day for solving this, and uh, Scott Pelley in 60 Minutes, you are so heroic for solving the rail strike. And it was all a lie. It was a kick-the-can maneuver to get past Election Day. Uh, and now it's back. This is the Chris Plant Show. Well, a uh, a development this morning at CNN used to be called the Cable News Network. A couple of days ago, the papers out of the United Kingdom had uh, layoffs, low ratings. And a lurch closer to the right. Is CNN in crisis? There is no lurch to the right at CNN. That's not true. 
But they got this guy, um, a new president, Chris Licht. Chris Licht always leads to the same question, doesn't it? Uh, Hoodie Lick. CNN's Chris Licht starts layoffs of workforce. That's uh, today, this morning, Wednesday. And uh, CNN signals layoffs and budget cuts before end of the year. You know, uh, companies like CNN, they always love, hey, it's the holiday season. Let's start firing people uh, so their kids can't get the G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip and all that stuff. But the uh, people at CNN, they're announcing today that um, they're starting layoffs because, you know, that's what they do. And they're starting with, uh, according to the, uh, the reports, they're starting with, but not finishing with, um, what they call contributors, paid contributors, who they say have no particular area of specialization, no specialty. CNN started to inform staffers of layoffs as its chairman and CEO, Chris Licht, wrote that notices will go out on Wednesday, that's today, and Thursday, tomorrow. Now, he's the guy, he was, uh, what, uh, Stephen Colbert's executive producer. Now he's president of CNN. Because one Democrat Party propaganda job is pretty much the same as another Democrat Party propaganda job. The memo says, today we will notify a limited number of individuals, largely some of our paid contributors, as part of a recalibrated reporting strategy. What a BS line that is, recalibrated reporting strategy. <laughs> Let, what what uh, dressed up words can we use for this one? Licked, wrote in the memo, shared on Twitter by CNN's Oliver Darcy. He's their fake uh, media analyst. Tomorrow, we will notify impacted employees. They'll be impacted employees. And tomorrow afternoon, I will follow up with more details on these charges. You see, these, these uh, excuse me, these changes. They're going to start charging them. <laughs> Licht had announced earlier this fall the network would uh, cut positions. He wrote that uh, he recently described this process as a gut punch because I know how it feels for all of us. Well, it feels more like that for some of us uh, and not so much for all of us. But they're beginning uh, layoffs, and they say that tomorrow uh, and Friday there will be more and more. You know, they they usually like to do it on Friday because the weekend is upon you. So they said tomorrow it's going to be more people. Today it's the uh, contributors, you know, that uh, do panels and things like that, the ones that they pay. And then tomorrow and Friday, it's going to be reporters and other people. But it won't be Don Lemon. You know why? Because Chris Licht. What? Pretty crazy. And look, I don't wish anybody uh, any harm, and I don't wish that anybody, even at CNN, lose their jobs because it's a terrible thing. And uh, right at Christmas time, uh, even worse. Bad. Very bad. Uh, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to the telephones, Michael. We've got free speech, and uh, it's on the line in the United States because the Democrat Party is not in favor of it. They don't believe in free speech, free practice of religion, freedom of choice, you know, your mandated vaccines, your mandated lockdowns. They can't be too critical of Chinese communist lockdowns because they might be calling for lockdowns again in the not-too-distant future, and uh, maybe around election time a couple of years from now. 
They've got a plan. You know, and uh, Hillary Clinton already warned that nefarious and mysterious right-wing groups already have a plan in place to steal the 2024 presidential election because Hillary Clinton is spreading wild-eyed conspiracy theories like the mental case that she is. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Literally. All right-wing extremists already have a plan. She is a uh, communist simp Chinese. She's like uh, Angela Lansbury in the original Manchurian candidate. That was always her role model uh, growing up. Hot sauce. Hot sauce. <laughs> All right, let's go, to the, uh, let's go to the telephones. We were talking about how New York City, they're planning on rounding up homeless, mentally ill, drug-addicted people and bringing them to hospitals where the hospitals will be stuck with the problem uh, and uh, they'll just let them go again and it won't solve anything because bringing people to hospitals doesn't solve anything. Homeless, crazy people, mentally ill people, drug-addicted people. Hey, here's a hospital. Uh, thanks for playing along. Uh, get out of the car now. We're pretending to do something. Let's go to Chris calling from Woodbridge, Virginia. Christopher, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was um, calling about uh, that comment you uh, played from JFK. Um, this whole thing about moving the mentally ill into the community probably started in the early 60s, and we now know what a failure that is. He complains about um, half the mental institutions have fire and safety hazards. So you fix the fire and safety hazard. Uh, the buildings are old, so you build new ones. But you just don't throw them out onto the streets so they can run naked in traffic. Um, exactly right. We need to put them back in hospitals, modern ones, where they can be cared for and bathed and medicated and free hots on a cot. And, and you know, it, it would help them and it would help the communities that are suffering with these 10 cities. And for the 20% that... <clears throat> Kind of like me, uh, you just build a middle-class housing. Why? Because we can afford it. Um, I became homeless on Monday because my rich Chinese immigrant landlord is selling the house uh, to make a huge profit. So um, out I go. And um, I sold them the house six years ago because the banks wouldn't refinance me. Um, so <clears throat> the banking uh, industry needs to be reformed. But um, you know, we need to... Uh, rethink both parties how we treat the homeless because there should be none of it in a country that's just spent 22 trillion on covid you know and uh, we're 31 well whatever we spent on covid we're we're 31 trillion dollars in debt uh joe yeah, biden but- is spending money like a gang of uh, marauding criminals and uh honestly washington dc we had a most extraordinary facility called St. Elizabeth's in Anacostia in southeast D.C., a very large reservation, almost like a campus. Well, it was a campus with multiple buildings. John Hinckley was held there after he shot President Reagan and several other people on that day. And uh, and it was kind of ideal. Now, the buildings were old and they needed updating. It's been taken over by the Department of Homeland Security because we need more Soviet-style government departments and agencies to put a lid on the American people, the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, But it was uh, an ideal setting for uh, homeless people and people with mental issues. Uh, And you could have separate facilities, which they had for many years. 
But they just got rid of that. Now they're building some homeless buildings in some of the nicest neighborhoods in Washington, D.C., in order to drag those neighborhoods down and make them worse and more dangerous. Um, But listen, you're right, and you nailed it, what JFK said, to put people back into the community because so many of the buildings are overcrowded and have fire hazards and were built before World War II, he said in 1963. Well, here we are, and again, Chris, the population of the country then was about 180 million people, and we had four, excuse me, 530,000 people in mental institutions, according to JFK in that uh, speech. And now we have 45,000 people in mental institutions with a population that is 150 million people more, 150 million people greater, larger than the population in 1963. So obviously we have not been addressing this issue. And every big city in America is a tragic testimony to the fact that we haven't been dealing with it, right? Now, your situation sounds sounds horrifying and, and difficult. You owned the house. You couldn't get refinancing. You sold the house. The uh, new owner, Chinese immigrant, rented the house back to you. But now he sold it again to someone who's not renting it to you. And you were like, now what am I going to do? Exactly. Um, the banks, uh, I was paying 1500 a month mortgage for 10 years, and I tried to refinance it down to 800 Apparently, I'm no risk at 1500 a month, but I'm a huge risk at 800 a month. It would have been a win-win situation. So there, there's the banks. And then you have the situation where, you know, I had to rent it back. I used up the equity. The only way to get the equity out was to sell the building and rent it back. So um, now I'm in a motel with this cat, and uh, she's going to a shelter tomorrow, and I'm going to a different shelter because I can't live in a hotel forever. So it is uh, tragic, yes. <clears throat> wow. And I've had the cat 16 years, and they can't find anyone to adopt her. So it is, uh, it is sad. Wow. Well, you sound like middle- uh, you sound like uh, uh, an intelligent, educated, um, serious adult, and uh, a professional. Um, what what happened to your uh, your career? Your uh, what have you been doing for a living? Uh, well, I had uh, periods of underemployment or unemployment, um, but um, I lost a lot of money uh, in the stock market. I had a broker who made some mistakes, and uh, <laughs> it turned out that he was homeless many years later, and I ended up giving him a home because he had a mental breakdown. So Good Lord. Uh, what about yes. family? Do you have family that anywhere in the country that can, that can you know, that has space or can take you in or help you I out i do one you know i have uh, uh, a relative in maryland and um you know but some families are a bit dysfunctional um and uh you know he's a millionaire but uh i haven't heard he didn't help me pack he didn't help me move so hopefully he's not listening to this but um i did have help from my church they helped me move so well, hopefully uh, he is listening um, um Boy, but uh, yeah, um, I had one person in my church who was a, a huge help. He he came and helped me pack on Friday. He helped me move on Saturday. Then after two hours of church, he helped me uh, pack up the miscellaneous. And this after he's sixty eight and has a full time job as a as a JAG lawyer. He's a Navy lawyer mm-hmm. downtown, so he's got a full plate. Yet he found the time to help me. And um, 
I'm very grateful to him and people like him. Wow. Wow. Um, well, listen, Chris, I'm glad you called in and, and shared your story. Now, you're, I mean, you're not one of the, you know, mentally ill people uh, living under a bridge uh, that New York City is going to round up and bring to a hospital. But you are in tough times, and we're in a crazy place in the United States of America. Well, when the middle class becomes homeless, then something will be done about it. Just like during the Vietnam War, uh, we drafted the poor kids of the South and Midwest, and nobody cared. But when we started drafting the, the kids of the middle uh, class, suddenly the war ended. So you got to get the attention of the middle class first, and not enough of becoming homeless. But that may change, unfortunately. I hope it doesn't. But <clears throat> I'm not the only one in this position from the middle class. And you're actually headed to a shelter today. Uh, tomorrow, um, December 1st, yeah. I've been here 10 days. I can't afford more than that. Um, you know, uh, um, it's funny. I have a free first-class ticket in American that I had to buy a year ago, and uh, I I can't afford to go out there. And I could stay in a motel out there like here, but, I mean, it, it's ironic to have a first-class ticket, and uh, you really can't use it. Man. So, yeah, I and I don't want to give up the cat. <laughs> and I don't want to give up the cat, man. I'd uh, go, uh, uh, hey Maryland relative. I uh, I think uh, Chris, thank you for calling in and sharing your story and and uh, wishing you the very best. I uh, and what about employment? You're currently not employed. Also, is that correct? Right. Um, I've been looking. Um, I was doing substitute teaching before COVID. Um, and I'd like just to add one other thing, that I, a Washington Times article that I read about the government is putting up people in Marriott's at the border with their choice of mattresses and their choice of room service, yet they won't pay for someone like me for a motel. So yep. maybe I should go. Yeah, sneak in across the border. Yeah, use that first class ticket to go to Tijuana and then uh, walk back across the border. And the Biden uh, Democrats will help you out. Chris, God bless you. And the, and the very best of luck. I hope something turns up for you and, and soon. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. I mentioned the number two editorial in the Washington Post today, a story about Hong Kong media mogul Jimmy Lai, who's in jail in uh, Hong Kong because the communist. And he owned a uh, newspaper, founded uh, Apple Daily, a scrappy tabloid, the Washington Post says. He's looking at life in prison because of free speech, uh, which the communists don't support, and uh, Comrade Kirby and the Biden administration, they don't take sides when it comes to communist China and people yearning to breathe free. They, uh, they don't take sides. Right? And here they're targeting Elon Musk because Elon Musk has become uh, a champion of free speech in America, which I never thought would be an issue. But the real left is here now. Corinne Jean-Pierre, not very bright at all, talking about how they're monitoring that's the, you know, the East German Stasi word 
that she used Elon Musk on Twitter. We have always been very clear um, and that uh, when it comes to social media platforms, it is their responsibility uh, to make sure that um, when it comes to misinformation, when we when we comes to the hate that we're seeing, hey. uh, that they they take action again. We're all Take keeping action. a close eye on this. We're all uh, uh, monitoring uh, what's what's currently uh, occurring. They're keeping a close eye on it. They're monitoring it because of misinformation, like uh, the misinformation they spread it about Hunter Biden's laptop and Russian collusion and so many other things. So they're monitoring and keeping a close eye. It's like uh, the way they listen to this show. They don't listen to the show. They're monitoring. Peter Ducey asked uh, Kevin McCarthy at the White House yesterday about this monitoring. The White House that they're keeping an eye on Twitter under Elon Musk's ownership and leadership. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone that wants to have free speech? What do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? There are a number of words omitted and or misused in that response. Um, but I, I get the gist. I'd like to send that to rewrite. But what are they? Uh, I can't even reproduce. Uh, but um, what are they? It's offensive to him, and it should be. Uh, what are they monitoring Twitter for what exactly? Well, because, and you know, misinformation, like, um, you know, the Ukrainian phone call and uh, Russian collusion and the Hunter Biden laptop, and the list is very, very long. Uh, Kevin McCarthy. I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I, I'd bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. Well, that last part would be nice. I'd rephrase uh, everything before that. Um, he succeeded in many places. Okay. You know, listen, you're the Republican leader in the House of Representatives. You ought to be articulately uh, pounding the table and uh, making it clear that in the United States of America, this is unacceptable. And you should be comparing them to communist China and to Putin's Russia. And, uh, you know, I know you're not going to become Ronald Reagan or anything overnight, but, but uh, I, you know, I, I kind of get what he's trying to say. But I shouldn't, you know, have to reinterpret it for him. What do they have to look at Twitter about? Exactly. What do they have to look at Twitter about? They're monitoring, like China. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.